Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And we went to the Eagle together. Oh boy, that was not, that is not part of the family-friendly podcast. Oh, they're in good times for all. I'm going to get rid of that relationship. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that so much. We are constantly hearing people's narrative about our life. Did you experience implicit or explicit discrimination? Well, hi, Michael. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? Oh, man. I am fantastic. <laughs> this morning, like, flew by. I was like, oh, I'm going to be setting up for this, and I'm an hour early, and this is going to well, be That's what happens then... when you wake up at 9 a.m. Hey, excuse <laughs> you. Do we want to go into why I didn't get any sleep two nights ago? <gasps> X O. Do we want to go into why I didn't get any sleep last night? Was I snoring? You were so loud. The I only took... difference is that I don't bring it up and put it in your face. I took two like Bennies last me. night, and by that I mean Benadryl, not benzos. Um, <laughs> because I was like, I am so committed to sleeping tonight, and nothing's gonna wake me up. And I did sleep like a dream, and I woke up at eight, and I was like, Wow, what's happening? Just wait until we actually have kids, then we're really not. How many hours of sleep did you get? Oh, I don't know. Probably like six. I was fine. I'm fine. Okay, well, I'm better fine. than like I'm the fine. three that I had the night before. Mm. Take more bennies. <laughs> okay, tonight we're both taking Benadryl and melatonin, and we're just going to be like cutting logs all night. If you have any sleep advice, let us know, because we're going to need that soon. <laughs> oh, I know, right? Welcome back to the Who's Your Daddy podcast, where we work to demystify the process of starting a family through non-traditional means. From foster to adoption to IVF and surrogacy, come along as we navigate this tricky space on our own journey to fatherhood. We are your hosts and husbands, Michael and Matt, and today we are going to be talking to Dustin and and Burton. Welcome. Hey, guys. Well, today... (laughs) <laughs> we have some very special guests with us. I think I say that every time. But seriously, I love these guys so much. We have followed these two on Instagram and TikTok and YouTube for ages and ages and ages. We finally got to meet them in person a couple months ago when we were doing an event in LA. And we went to the Eagle together. Oh boy, that was not that is not part of the family friendly podcast. Oh, they're good times for all. I don't know. I just really love the content that they share because it shows so many moments of joy from their day-to-day lives with children and And North Carolina is not necessarily known to be the most LGBTQ friendly state so I think one it's nice to have um, representation in all facets of our community but to see people be um, open and unapologetically um, I don't know unapologetically them as like an LGBTQ family in a state that that doesn't necessarily embrace you fully um, is is really awesome to see because I think it empowers a lot of other people to um, think that, you know, this could be me. I could do this. This could be my life. We're going to dive yes. into that, see what it was like actually getting to the point of having kids in the South. It is so good to see you guys. It has been a while since we have seen each other and have been able to hang out. But um, yeah, good yeah, times no, in LA, we right? We need to change that. Yep. We're so far <laughs> away from each other. It's not fair. Literally opposite ends of the I know. country. Yeah. Like, well, totally. if you ever decide to come up to Portland, we do have like a little play place in our backyard. Um, okay. We purchased the house and it was it was there and we never removed it. So we have a little jungle gym. You, you're and... saying that for me or for Burton? <laughs> well, sometimes I play Mostly on you. it too, but <laughs> at least I'll have like some friends to play on the jungle gym together. <laughs> I have gone down the slide a few times. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, how can you not? Yeah, it's a great place to hang out in the summer. I'm so excited for you guys and doing this journey and being so transparent about it, which is really, really awesome. Because I think that takes the mystery out of kind of your process. I think when we started sharing our journey, it was after the fact. So Mm, this is really cool. It's a helpful tool for people that are are wanting to grow their families. Absolutely, it is definitely a little nerve wracking to like not have gone through the whole thing right and like kind of like navigate it 
along the way and all the twists and turns trying and to like, figure it out as we go we don't know what's gonna happen we don't know how it's gonna turn out um yeah. but part of me was like well i guess i think that's the fun of it it's like you kind of in real time are watching yeah <laughs> either either success or uh difficulties or hopefully no train wrecks of like processes and you know <laughs> things but that's part of life well that's the thing is every journey is different yeah. every journey is unique and it's special to you guys and yeah. um it'll be a, a beautiful thing no matter what we were just yeah. looking at prices the other day and we were starting to freak out a little bit it's hard yeah. we've been doing deep dives and stress spirals <laughs> it's just hard <laughs> Especially when you like yeah. have a lack of sleep and then you start thinking about everything and all the like things you still have to do and you're like, oh, I'm ever going to get over these hurdles. <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah. It's definitely a, a lifestyle change yeah. on that end. Yeah. Sure. And you'll never be fully prepared um, no matter what, no matter how, how much you're a, a planner and, and a strategist, it's going to be, is it's going to, it's going to rock your world when you do have the kids and, um, yeah. but it's going to be well worth Everything. Everything. Yeah, yeah, it's so true. I mean, I think that a lot of people going into it, they have this idea of what their life's going to look like and how this process mm. is going to be and, and how their parenting style is going to be. Yeah. Or how you're going to, you know, how your relationship mm -hmm. will be with your spouse. And honestly, mm. you can just throw all of that out the window because you literally have no idea until it happens. Yeah. <laughs> and I it am, constantly changes. Yeah. Yeah. I am very nervous for all of that. Just like the, the big changes ahead. And I know that there's nothing that we can do to yeah. really change or have, full control over that but um that's the beauty of it though i mean i think yeah. that's what's so great is because you're going to be stretched and you're going to learn things about yourself and you're going to learn things about you know each other that you didn't know so that's but you're, you guys you beautiful. guys are already doing well, you guys already work together you know you're you're already you're already yeah. creating things together and that's the same thing is if you work well together you spend a lot of time together today it'll be the same you're it's just another mm. problem to solve another another hurdle another uh, phasing or another chapter so and true. you will um you'll your relationship will be stronger as as a is a result of that for sure. hundred percent. So we'll say like producing a podcast together is like um, <laughs> just like having, having a baby. <laughs> yes. Oh, we get to practice our conflict solving so skills. Warm. I'm always warm. Um, so <laughs> communication is one of the biggest things and you guys yeah, are doing it already. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so we obviously know and follow you guys, but um, if you want to just do like a short introduction of who you are, if, yes, if there's anybody who's like, who are these guys? I mean, they already love you because look at you, salt of the earth, humans <laughs> giving us like the most heartwarming Wholesome. encouragement Wholesome. and advice. Um, but go ahead. Tell us like, you know, who you are. All right. So I'm Dustin Patrick Smith. That's me on Instagram. And then my husband is... I'm BB Buffalo. That's three Bs. <laughs> BB Buffalo. <laughs> and then our TikTok is Dustin and Burton. And yeah. we are a gay couple that lives in North Carolina that have twins. Yeah. And they're going to be turning... Seven. I don't know Seven. how that's happening. Wow. So fast. It's flying by. It, it truly does. And they are already basically teenagers, though. Yeah, and especially our daughter. Yeah. All the sass. All of the sass. Yeah. <laughs> so, That's perfect. I want to come yeah. out for the birthday party. Do it. Well, we need to plan it. We have like, <laughs> yeah, I know. Still trying to come up with a theme. It's just... super hot, super humid. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. And, yeah. Yeah. Have so, a birthday party and... out here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes. exactly. It's not humid. It's still hot. Just the not jungle humid. gym is ready. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Let's christen it. Were you were you guys born and raised in North Carolina? Yeah, so I was. I, I grew up in a, a small town called Garner, which is about twenty minutes from Raleigh, so very close mm. to here. I did, you know, I I, I, I kind of lived in Raleigh. I, I did work uh, remotely for a long time, traveling around to different client sites and stuff for about a decade. So I got experience living in other cities, a lot of different cities, but home my home base was always Raleigh. Yeah. And then I'm from Charlotte, North Carolina. So I moved to wow. Charlotte when I was three from washington state so i don't really oh, remember yeah. much of, yeah so like i my dad stayed in washington so i got to have glimpses of of that but north carolina really has been my home since i was really young so and then i bounced around and then ended up relocating to raleigh which is where we met so yeah, yeah. 
Ding. North Carolina boys right here. North Carolina <laughs> oh boys. And when did you guys meet? When did you get married? When did you like first discuss having kids? We've been friends for a, for a long time before we actually started dating. Right? Yeah. So it was 2000. I think it was 2005. I could be wrong. Give or take a year. But we were mm-hmm. it was around 2005. Mm-hmm. I was in a relationship and... He and I was like, I'm going to get rid of that relationship. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that so much. Just get kidding. <laughs> no, I was in a, I was in a long, uh, you know, long term relationship. And, yeah. and he, he came and he knew my ex-boyfriend at the time. Yeah. And how, mm-hmm. how did you know him? I met For- him like I met him randomly on a beach trip and we exchanged numbers because just the gays, they find each other. You know, they're yeah. like, oh, <laughs> like, like the, the end scene on that bathing suit is way too short. They're going to they must be gay. They're going to be my friend. Exactly. Oh my so God, yes. um, my brother went to, to NC State, which is the, a college that's here in Raleigh. And I said, you know, hey, when I'm in Raleigh visiting my brother, I would love to have some gay friends to go out with. And so we exchanged Mm. numbers and we kept in contact. So I was living in Miami um, and I decided to move to New York, but I did a pit stop in Raleigh to hang out with my brother for a little bit. And that pit stop actually ended up being, you know, forever. So I never left. But when I first moved to Raleigh for that small, you know, couple months that I thought I was going to stay, I called his ex and I said, hey, I'm in town for a few months. Um, and he, he invited me to a house party, which happened to be at Burton's mm-hmm. condo. Mm-hmm. And so that's oh. how we met. And we were just friends. Truly. Yeah, it was but... like no shady business. Mm-hmm. Like we truly were friends and, um, for a long time till, for, for years till 2012. Yeah. And then I okay. was out of my relationship and I just, I didn't know if Dustin was single or not, but I walked up to him in a bar and said, Hey, yeah. did you know that I'm single? <laughs> and i was like no i didn't and then he made sure that i had his number he grabbed my phone to oh, make sure that my, his contact was in there but well then, he said yeah, yeah i have your number and i'm like no no no, i need to confirm <laughs> yeah so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so then we started dating and then but and you asked the question like yep. when did we start discussing kids to be honest with you um i was i was kind of frustrated living in raleigh because i was having a hard time meeting someone and mm. I was considering moving to New York. And so I was selling my business. I was headed to New York. And when I stumbled into Burton, uh, one of the things that I was longing for is to find someone that was like a serious partner who wanted to, to build a family. And he, he's been, the, he's the same way. So I was actually, I was kind of living in DC at the time, traveling back and forth for, for work, but I stayed there a lot. So I was dating some guys in DC. And one of the biggest you know questions was, hey, are you, or, or do you want a family? And, you know, most of the guys were like, nope, don't, don't want that. So, you know, we'd have, have one date and that's it. Um, because I was looking, you know, we're in our, we're in our what mid thirties at this point. Yeah. And right. so I like, like, I need to, we need to go ahead and, and start this process. I need, I, I, yeah. I was already, I'm a big planner and I was already really delayed on my plans of starting a family. You didn't want so, anyone to, you didn't want to waste your time with yeah, someone that didn't have yeah. to share your same life goals. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so I was just like, I need to find so it. You I mean, you were was, aligned and like yeah. go that path. Yeah. yeah. Together. Yeah. I mean, we can still have a fun date, but then, you know, I'm probably wanting, you know, I would move on to the next date to find, to find that, to find the husband and the father of my children. <laughs> we stayed in North Carolina, right? Because it's, it's such an amazing place to raise mm. kids. Um, it's, it's so easy. Raleigh is an easy city. Yeah. There's um, a true East to this town. Yeah. Sure. I just could not imagine raising, you know, kids in a larger city than this, you know? Yeah. And so mm-hmm. this was something that we you know, we were like, okay, we, we're definitely settling here. And we actually built, before we even had kids, we built a house while we're engaged, right? Yeah. As, we're, as we were engaged, we built a house knowing that we were going to have a family, the house we're in right now. And so we looked we, for like the perfect yeah. schools, you know, public yeah. schools yeah. and like oh found the perfect neighborhood. And then the way we designed the house was, was kid friendly because we were project, we were like, you know, you put it out there, it's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And we were like, we are going to have kids one day. So we need, you know, a landing pad, like a, a landing on our stairs so that if a baby falls down, <laughs> when was all this happening like 2013 2014 yes we got engaged in 2014 we got married in 2015 yes and that was just after the it was legalized here so it was oh, actually wow. so in october I, I could get the date wrong but it was october of 2014 okay. in north carolina we were able to get married uh, because we were already planning actually to move or not to, to um get to married get married in california, in california. Yeah. yeah and so we already had oh. we had a pit, pit stop in and um, because we were going on a honeymoon to New Zealand, and we had a pit stop in was it San Francisco? Yeah. So we were like going to do. Days. We were going to go to the courthouse, get married, just to make it valid. And then, and then when we 
you know, when North Carolina changed the law that we could get married, it was so exciting because we wanted to just do that here. So we did. And, and then believe it or not, we had kids a year later. So we yeah. were just like <laughs> a year later. Well, here's the thing. So we, we dated for about a year. We were engaged for a year and then we got married. Right. And then had kids a year later. And people often Holy think that's crap. fast, but we were friends forever. Yeah, it was, you know, so mean, like okay. all the skeletons were out of the closet. Yeah. It was like dating your friend, someone that you truly knew. We, uh, when you're dating someone that you don't know, it takes a long time to really know who they really are. You know, mm-hmm. like all yeah. of a sudden, like that fake facade they put down, and then you get to they reveal who they are. I already knew that about Burton. He already knew that about me. So. Um, that's yeah. why it went rather fast yes. from starting the process of having kids like 12 months later, you were like in the hospital. Like- we were, so it was, it was 14 months from the start of when we first walked into a fertility clinic. When you guys were starting this process of surrogacy, yeah. Yeah. this was around the time, um, that gay marriage was legalized in the U S overall. And then yeah. you said it was just legalized October, 2014 in North Carolina. So, and it's the time of like the whole bathroom bill fiasco. So around this time when you're starting the process of surrogacy, what was that conversation looking like between you guys when you're talking about raising a family here and really going through this process with, you know, you have to work with other companies, other people. Um, Did you experience implicit or explicit discrimination against you as a gay couple going through surrogacy during this time? I don't know if we faced discrimination outright, but there was was definitely heightened fear during that time. And also, I remember being an election cycle, right? Was that happening at the same time? In 2016, when the kids were born? That was was an election cycle for the books. I I just remember it just being like, (laughs) of anxiety around everything that was just happening right because you know when, once marriage equality once once it was legal for us to get married there's still a lot there's tons of backlash it was happening right on the back of that at the same time the bathroom bills happening at the same there was, there was just too many things that were coming at us during the time our babies were uh were were in the womb and there and it was just like this is you know mm. where, what type of environment are we bringing our our our, our kids into you know, we don't live in this state of fear. We live, we live in a state of, you know, of happiness and proud that we have kids. And so, you know, if we're faced these things, we deal with them as they come, but we don't really deal with that very much, which I feel very fortunate. And I think the only thing that happened during that time, just going back to your question, we were like one of the first couples in North Carolina to actually get both of our names put on their, on their birth certificate, which was pretty amazing. So we had twins and the way that Mm -hmm. we did that is we did surrogacy. We have a gestational carrier, so it's not, she has no biological ties to our children, right? So we had uh, a separate egg donor. And we implanted uh, two eggs. One was fertilized with my DNA. One was fertilized with Burton's DNA. And Mm. miraculously, they both took, which was, we were so over the moon. That was kind of the dream. We were hoping to have twins and just kind of (laughs) one and done type of thing. We knew that at some point they were going to have to do a blood test where they stick a needle in to find out whose baby is whose, even though they're both ours, you know? And I did not want to do that because the laws at the time, you had to do that. And I would have had to second parent adopt his, you know, baby biological a, kid. baby A, yeah. and then he would have to, right? And so... Can't that also be kind of like a, a risky or just uncomfortable experience to go yeah, through yeah. like that that test? That oh, test yeah. is, there have been some, some you know... Some issues, but, it, but, issues, it, yeah. but that's the, the law is that we, we have but to... But that only would apply for a same-sex couple, correct? Because a, like a different sex couple, you would know who the dad is. So yeah. that's but the, in order so to be on the birth certificate, you have to... T- like, even though you know, because you have yeah. all that information from the IVF clinic... The, the birth certificate's only said, you know, mother and father. Right. It mm. didn't say it didn't say what it says today. Yeah. And, you know, during during that time, we were working with a lawyer. We had an amazing lawyer who was uh, who was very well connected and doing a lot of the the, the 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 back end politics with, you know, how to change this behind the scenes. And um, and she was our, our direct lawyer who helped us with, you know, the fertility, um, all, all the contracts and, and judge sign offs and all these other things. But during that, we had a. Uh, we were getting close to when the babies were going to be born. We were two months away and we had water 
or the water. And then broke. Our, our gestational yeah. carrier water broke, oh. which was sent the fear through us. You know, yeah. like it, it was so early, like it, two months early. And so she gets rushed into the hospital on bed rest and we're all praying that she can just kind of stay on bed rest to keep the babies in longer just so they can develop because every day at that mm-hmm. point makes a huge difference in their development yep. and he calls the lawyer yeah i call the lawyer and say hey we're you know where are we at on some of these legal things <laughs> because because our babies may be maybe coming anytime now and she <laughs> she goes i need two days it was like a, it was like a thursday or something or maybe a friday she goes i need two days i'm walking into the slate state legislature or courthouse or whatever it was she was going into to fight for us uh, you know to make sure that we could have both of our names on the birth, on the birth certificate. and we didn't have to do this test beforehand yeah. and then when she was on bed rest for, for two weeks the babies were were born and the you know but she called several days before that and said everything is great now you both of your names will be on the birth certificate yeah so and we wow. were it was it was literally like scratched out and it said That's like crazy. parent or right it was like yeah. was it guardian or parent is it parent it was either one, parent guardian two. one guardian whatever two. Yeah. so we didn't have to do that test and that just that felt so good and like little wins like that where i was like we're i see progress progress is happening mm, yep. you know like That's we're now legally able to get married so and now we legally have our names on our baby's on birth, birth certificates. Certificate. And so those are the things you focus on. And I know this is yeah. silly, but like we to this day don't know who's, we don't know who's, who's the who's, biological right? dad of the so, other. Hmm. I am all about like, they're, they are our kids. Yeah. And yeah. that's one thing I have to say, no matter your path, if you are fostering, if you're adopting, if you do surrogacy, when you have children, they are your children. Yep. Yeah. And those two children are our children. And I don't want to know. I don't yep. want to know whose DNA is who. Yep. We kind of know, right? I mean, like we're like we kind of know, yeah. And, but and, we and, don't know technically. Yeah, and I right. like and okay. I love. There's that. no testing that to confirm, and you didn't have to do it. Yeah. yeah. And the, the funny part. thing is, it's, it's so amazing seeing on. Uh, on, on Instagram, pe- people commenting like, <laughs> like you'll see, you'll see. Uh, I'll post a picture with me and Stone, and everyone will be like, "Y'all look exactly y'all the look, same." Yeah. And then I'll post with Holland, and it'll be like, exactly the same. Yeah, and Dustin like, will do the same, and everyone's oh like, "You guys look everyone's exactly so the, split." The, everyone's trying like, to has, guess, and I think that's yeah, it's cute. It's, it's, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's human nature. You're you're curious, but it's also it's just um yeah. it's, it's very yeah it's it's great that people can't figure that out. When you did your IVF, you split the eggs and then did half and half or did you oh right? yeah oh yeah yeah we yes we split them yeah we retrieved okay. you know the eggs we retrieved we d- split them in half right and then you just picked like the healthiest embryo yeah the most vi- vi- most viable ones yep and we still have several uh, you know yeah. seven or eight maybe they're uh that nice. are still still viable yeah you know so options. you just picked the best ones yeah and then did they do pgt testing to, to find out the the sex of the no, embryo. We didn't want to do any so of that. We were, yeah, okay, we so didn't... you said no, but that was an yeah. option. Cool. And this is kind of interesting. Y'all didn't use a agency, correct? A surrogacy agency. So you kind of like went independently, but not. Yeah. Is, yeah. Well, you said the IVF yeah. clinic kind of helped. But we had, yeah, we had a huge support group at this IVF clinic, and they're amazing, right? And we've sent a lot of folks to them, um, really, you know, them, you yeah. know, who reach out and say, hey, they want to, they want to start the journey. And we've had several people in different states come here and have their even different countries and have, gone, have, yeah. have, have their kids here. What's in North the name Carolina. of the IVF clinic? It's, it's called Carolina Conceptions. Yeah. Okay. Shout, and, out. shout out. No, they really are amazing. Yeah, so what they did is. They do IVF, right? They do, um, they help out with anyone that needs help with fertility. And so they do have basically an egg, an they have egg a da- bank, right? They have, they have a database with, with eggs. They have a database with gestational carriers. But here's yeah. the difference. They're gestational carriers, the people that, you know, that we had to go and interview. They have people that have contacted them saying, hey, we would be interested in being a surrogate if anyone's interested. But they, that's about hmm. it. That's all the vetting they do. So then yep. we had to then take that list, email the people that we were interested in talking to. Some of the girls that we were interested in weren't interested in working with us because we were a gay couple. Yep. Um, oh, so that, yeah. that happened yeah. to us. Okay. You know, yep. it's fine. I, yeah. Trust me. Like, that's good to know right, right from Not the fine. Out, the <laughs> <laughs> out the gate. Like, if, they, if there's an issue, let's, let's, I'm glad you're very direct. No, I know. Yeah. You'd rather so, know that um, ahead of time. Oh, absolutely. So that was a really crazy experience because we didn't have an agency helping us. It was basically setting up these blind dates, <laughs> the most awkward blind dates ever with like, you know, the potential gestational carrier and, and she her husband. She would always bring her husband yeah, or so her boyfriend. Yeah. Are these in and person? We, 
in, in person. person yeah. <gasps> so we interviewed. Oh, oh we learned, wow. And we learned oh, as I'm we went. I'm interested in this. I want to hear more about these dates. I want to be a fly on that wall watching this happen. <laughs> if you ever, if y'all are ever doing this and considering to do this, don't do what we did, which was the very first person we interviewed. We had them come into our home. Oh, yeah. And it. it was just awkward. Like we're sitting there, oh. like you need to meet in a public place. Yes. Like it was you know, in, case you, in case you need. Yes, exactly. It was just really <laughs> awkward. And you can tell that her husband and her were not on the same page um, uh-huh. because they could, there was this tension that was happening while we were trying to get to know them. And it was just awkward. It was so awkward, but uh, we interviewed, oh I would say how many people we interviewed? Eight people. Yeah, yeah, and so least. we found wow. the girl that we wanted and then the girl that we picked, we loved her, loved her family, loved her husband, loved her kids. We had to then have a psych evaluation done and she right. didn't pass the psych evaluation. So oh, we were no. like so excited that we like finally found someone that felt right. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, bam, she didn't pass the psych evaluation. Yeah. And, and, and that's the difference with an agency. They've already, they would have already taken, taken her through that, yeah. you know, and everything's kind of a la carte too. So you're kind of building, you're kind of, you know, as you're reaching out to the surrogates or the legal teams or the, or the psych evaluations, you're paying as you go for these things. This is yeah. so interesting. The, the, the thought of working with an IVF clinic and going through this process, not having an agency and, but the, the IVF clinic seemed to have really gone above and beyond in providing exactly. resources. That's for why we you. say they're... even down to our lawyer, the, the, the amazing lawyer that we love so much. Um, she was recommended by this IVF yeah. clinic. They, I mean, they, and we wouldn't have known her had we not been paired with her through yeah. the IVF and, clinic. And they had, they had so. several of them and they said, for you, you need to go contact her. You, right. That's the one you need to go with. Which is like, and so we were, and they, I mean, amazing. and so they didn't just have a list of people that they were like, Oh, these are some lawyers yeah. that we found on Google. They knew these lawyers. And so they were wow. able to, they, they said, and this is was, the perfect one for you. It's like a, a surrogacy agency, IVF clinic all in one. Yeah, yeah exactly. When, and when we met with our lawyer dealing with the contract, she's like, okay, so how much are you going to, you know, pay her for this? Or how much are you going to do if this happens? And, and we don't know. We're like, we're like, we were just such fish out we're, of water. Our, we're like deer in headlights when but she's asking. These she's things. like, okay, let me just help you. So like, generally it's from like, this is the range. And so she was amazing because she's done this before. So I feel very fortunate. We were yeah. very fortunate. We were, our hands were held through the whole thing. Yeah. Like, like an agency. Like an so, agency yeah. without having to pay for I mean, obviously we had to do a little more groundwork those interviews and like the psych evaluation, all that (laughs) stuff was incredibly stressful. The first one didn't pass. The second one didn't pass either. (gasps) And I knew, but the the second one was the one that we were like, we know she is the one, like it just felt so right. And that's what I have to say with anyone going through this process. Just, you have to listen to your gut and you can't force things to happen because if you feel like you're forcing something just because you want it to happen faster, yeah, it, it it's that is bad news. Like you have to trust your gut. And so the reason, our, I don't even know if I'm allowed to say this because I think like she shared some information with us that she probably shouldn't have. But this the reason our actual gestational carrier that we did pick that was her tests were showing like it wasn't going to work out was because she looked too too good to be true. But here's the thing, like that was our gestational carrier. She was that giving, that loving, that yeah. she's willing to, she's like, a, in a, and so like that was her character. She, yeah, she did pinpoint that thinking like something was suspicious, but that's just who she is as a so person. So the psych evaluator thought that she was like too, too good. good too to good be to be true. true. Like with all the things like. Her, yeah, it's kind of like, like, like a, she, yeah. she knew, knew the questions and answered them right. But she, but she was that person and really was yeah, like she ama- was. amazing angel. That and, is crazy. You know, so oh, grateful that's so interesting. Her. That is crazy to me. What? Yeah. Yeah. So we're, and huh. we're just so, so blessed to have her, like had that experience with her. She had so many green flags that it was a red flag. <laughs> right like exactly it's just like you know you get to, you take a test and you get 100 on it and you know the rest of it you know, I don't know. And <laughs> she must be cheating like, no, there must yeah, be something must be cheating. Wow. exactly exactly so i just find it really interesting that you were able to interview so many prospective surrogates and yeah. be yeah. able to make that determination yourself but then it also kind of exposes you to the rawness of it you know the yeah exactly <laughs> yeah, that's the weird I mean, cases. It's, it's hard because I feel like you know when we picked an egg donor, it just it happened pretty fast. We were kind of like, "Yep, yeah, this feels right." 
Mm-hmm. But the second, mm-hmm. you know, the, the person that you're going to be working with, who's, you know, an angel enough to carry your, your children or ch- child, um, that was a really hard thing for us. Like it was yeah. hard to, for us to wrap our minds around how do you pick the right person? Uh-huh. Because what are you looking for and how are you going to figure yeah. that out over a, an hour interview over yeah. coffee? It, like it just, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like there's, yeah. there's a lot of components to it because yeah. you, you're also dealing with their, their spouse and their emotions during this. Cause it's different. They also have, they may have a family with a, with, with, with kids and other things. How, how are you navigating that? Yeah. They, and also people's are, personalities change when they're, when they're pregnant or they eating a healthy lifestyle or they, do they, exactly. do they smoke? Are, do they drink? Do are they, they lying they're, about yeah, why yeah. their intentions of why they want to do this? If, is it, you know, I, and, so yeah, it's fear, just fearful that they're going to pack up and leave. And all of a sudden your, your kids are, you know, you have no clue. So there's a lot of anxiety. It's out of your control. With, a lot of it. And it was funny because yeah. like, so Burton's family owns a wholesale produce company. And so we were like, we can't control how she's living. So you know what we're doing? We're going to drop her off a box of fresh, fresh vegetables. Every for, for, week. For, and she loved it. Yes. And so we were just like constantly dropping off baskets of like just huge vegetables boxes. and kale and like all the things. I would actually you know? really <laughs> love that too. Yeah. Uh, y'all feel free to send me vegetables <laughs> anytime, please. <laughs> Especially uh, the price of produce nowadays. Oh, you know what made me think of another, another point of kind of fear and discrimination kind of during this. We, so we were, as we, as we were, our, we had, picked our, our gestational carry at this point we had implanted uh you know the two eggs and they were successful um you know and we we had two babies on the way right our lawyer told us that our surrogate especially during the later months of the mm-hmm. of, of the pregnancy, pregnancy yeah. that she is not allowed to travel outside of north or well, specific state said she's not allowed to go here 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 or here and and because if if she's there and you have those babies they are not your babies so and so, so backstory yeah. she oh, asked wow, yeah. whoa. You, she was asking if she could fly. It was pretty late and I'm glad she didn't because she was two months early and she was like going to travel like maybe the week that she, her water broke. But yes, um, she was. So it was kind of late in the pregnancy and she wanted to fly to go see family. And we talked to our lawyer in Texas and she okay. said, if she ends up going to Texas and having those children at the time, and I don't know if it's the same now, but in Texas at the time, um, that they would not, they wouldn't be, recognize this, and those would be her babies, and then we would have to adopt, adopt our children from, from her. her. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but she would hold all the power, and if she decided she wanted to keep them, then she would totally legally be within the right. Yeah. She was an amazing, but still, it's another another loophole you'd have to go through. Right. Too, right. right? Judges would have to sign off. Who knows how long and costly that process mm-hmm, is? So mm-hmm. that's another thing. If if you're going through this process, that's the thing we also have to be worried about is where the surrogate is at the time she gives birth, and so that's yeah another another component to this. So as you're navigating this, make sure that you know your state's laws, you You know, get a a good family lawyer there that knows this, that knows this in your, in your state and make sure they know the LGBTQ laws there, because this is, that's extremely important. Not just family law. You need to make sure someone is really familiar with the laws. But it's very weird. Like it must've been sometime. I don't know when it was passed, but it must've been sometime between uh, when you guys were having your kids and now, but like, Texas actually has pretty good uh, surrogacy laws. Surrogacy laws for LGBTQ people now, even though like Texas as a whole is sort of like a little bit weird about a lot of things. Um, But we can be father one and father two on the birth certificate, um, like right away. And in Oregon, they it's only parent one and parent two. So it's kind of, it's weird. It's like, wait, why is yeah. it easier to have father one, father it is two on TikTok? But it but goes to show how much it's changed yeah. in it's the just, last and I think It's just, and I think it's changed a lot. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Now, before we, before we even walked into the fertility clinic, we were looking at all the different options um, to start a family. So we started looking into you know, foster and adoption first. Yeah. is you know viable options and and we you know and through that through that research we were we, we knew it would take a lot longer um to to mm. go that route and because of the the climate we are in north carolina it is um it is a lot harder 
to foster and even adopt here. I think then, at the time, especially maybe, maybe yeah. not necessarily now, I think things are different, yeah. but you're, we're talking, you know, this was us eight years ago. Looking before, at right. Us, right? So, before marriage was even legalized. Right. So yeah. we're, we're so, yeah. you know, basically adopting a kid to two guys that aren't legally married. Is yeah. What we, you know, what you would in North Carolina. In North Carolina. Yeah. Was that even something that was possible or was it like uh, kind of unheard of? Like, uh, yeah, no, that doesn't happen here. No, it happens. We, yeah. we know people that adopted here. They were successful. And we definitely picked people's brains just to find out what would be the right path for us. Yep. Um, a lot of times when we were speaking to people that w- went through adoption, they said, you know, just so you know, it, it could take a really long time. Like, you know, you have to mm. find the right agency and then find the right placement. It could take five years, could take six years, could take one one day. You know, you might get a yeah. call. And I think that that was hard for us because we knew that we wanted to move fast because we were in our mid-30s. Control. We want to control. Yeah, we wanted to have yeah. a little more control of our narrative mm-hmm. of like of when we could have actual kids. Not that you can fully control that when you are work doing surrogacy, right? Yeah. So, yeah. But a little bit more felt that way at the time. Yeah. Um, and we definitely were picking people's brains about foster care. Uh, we were picking people's brains about adoption. And at the time, just because the climate was a little strained in North Carolina, that you have to remember this was a time that the whole, you know, bathroom bill was happening. Yep. And there, I just oh, felt, and, and yeah. we were like making like, you know, North Carolina was making headlines even in like overseas, yeah, like in I the know. London Post, like, you know, right. and I was like, oh God, oh God. Weren't, like, we, weren't we in New Zealand when people were, at, were talking about that? We were, some, we were somewhere overseas and someone, you know, someone mentioned, oh, North Carolina, that's the bathroom bill. And we were yeah. you know, somewhere, and it was wow. just the most random thing. And yeah. we were like, that really, that, I wouldn't, they would have never known what North Carolina is except for, we're we're had a, had a hateful climate at the time. Yeah. So um, I mean, I yeah. think like as in, this only grows more when you become a parent. Like I think mm. that you're just constantly want to protect your family and make sure that you're making you know the right choices and living in the safest place. And at the time, we were like, oh wow, is this should we live here? Like, I mean, is this going to be problematic? Um, even though we personally have felt really embraced by our community, yep. um, and that's only grown since we've had kids, but you know, that was part of our thinking. And that's why we ended up uh, going to this fertility clinic and they just to pick their brains. We just wanted to get information. We had no idea. Right. So you have to understand we were on social media. Like I feel like social media was kind of just blossoming. It's very <laughs> like, different back then. Extremely different. I, I wasn't following gay dads. I wasn't, mm, yep. you know, the only gay people I knew that had kids were like Ricky Martin and Neil Patrick and Harris, Neil Patrick Harris yeah. and people that had all these you know, seemed like resources. somewhat unattainable yeah. in a way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then here we are two North Carolina boys like looking into us. I, I just, it felt impossible. So we went to this fertility clinic just to pick their brain. And after meeting with them, we looked at each other and said, this feels right. Like this yep. feels like yeah. the, the yeah. path we should take. It could be a little selfish. I want to see a piece of, I want to see a little piece of Dustin in, in a kid. And I know he wants to see the same um, for me. I, I mean, I think, you, if we weren't a gay couple, any straight couple feels the same way. Oh, I mean, it's a human desire. Yeah, so. you, want, yeah. you want to see you want to see your you being passed on. You you want to create a legacy. And I don't and think there's anything abnormal about that. No, yeah, and I, I think it's so it's I think it's so interesting, and it sucks because we're so conditioned, I think, to view surrogacy as selfish, and and. And so then we start like looking inside ourselves and thinking like, oh my God, like, is this wrong with me? Oh my gosh, am I a selfish person? And then you're like every, not every, no absolutes here. (laughs) So the majority I would say, right, of straight couples, like it's like you're having your own kids because you're like getting joy out of seeing a little part of you and them. Yeah. And like, it's, that's like human nature. And like, but like we are meant to, sort of like feel bad about that or like it's it's there's so many things that we have to feel like we calculate right and i think i think yeah hopefully in the right. hopefully in the future I mean, it goes into this like perfectionism and needing to prove yourself or or in a way um prove your worthiness you know that yeah. you're a good person because that, that's kind of like how I, I grew up thinking as a closeted gay kid, like, oh, nobody's going to accept me if they knew the truth about me. So I need to do these altruistic things. 
and yeah. uh, that got me involved in youth group and very involved in my church, etc. You know, like all that kind yeah. of stuff. So people who think like, oh, it's a choice, and it's like, no, it, it's so much easier to be straight. Like it's just so much easier to like for life things, and it's like I didn't choose to not want to be with a woman, and just because that biology doesn't work out, but I made to feel bad about wanting biological like kids that are biologically maybe half a half of me you know and it's like right i don't you're just like where does it it's just like hammer after hammer it's just like yeah, yeah. you chose to be gay and you shouldn't be able to have kids that are biologically yours and it's like yeah. i don't know like just i'm jumping through all these hoops that you never had to jump through and like why does it have to even be negative at all about it i find that mm. really surprising because i think like i wasn't anticipating people's reactions like that until we started going through the process of of having you know we found a, ser- a gestational carrier we got pregnant and i had i was doing hair at the time and actually had a client that stopped coming to me because she did not oh. think she was fine with me being gay uh, but she did not think that it was right for me to have a kid through surrogacy yeah. and i was really puzzled was, by that reaction it was, like, it was like you ruin your own life don't ruin a kid's life kind of thing well <laughs> it was even like it, it was like, and it was definitely the surrogacy part which i thought was really it was really hurtful to me i think as gay people we are constantly hearing people's narrative about our life you know and that's really Mm. frustrating because it's like you have like people are constantly debating like the way we live right yeah and that's really frustrating me because i don't think a lot of straight people necessarily i mean obviously there might be parts of their life but as a whole of who you are being gay, you don't yeah. have people debating and having a narrative and a conversation about, is that right? Is that wrong? And so <laughs> yeah. for me to have the joy of getting pregnant and like us ha- like getting our gestational carrier pregnant and finding out we we're having twins, and I was so excited. It was shocking to me how many people came to me and said, I don't, I, th- I don't think gay people should be, you should be able to only do foster or adoption. And that really hurt my feelings. Even a friend of mine even said it to me. And, and then, of course, we are very public on social media, so yeah. we'll get those comments as well. Yep. And I find that so fascinating because, one, all the guys that said that to me don't have kids. You know, they don't want yeah. kids. Like they, ha- like, they can speak into my life and say, you should not have a kid. This should not be the path that you have kids. And it, even though, like, why why do you even have an opinion? You're not even a, a parent yourself. They're not even, yeah. That's, wow, that's, the same as, that. that's the same as us saying you need to have kids. Right, exactly. You know, right. You're, you're selfish because right. you don't have kids. You know, yeah, like yeah. And the other thing is, you would never say that to a straight couple who might have fertility issues that go the route of using IVF to be able to grow their family. You would never say you sh- you shouldn't do that. You should you should adopt or have you know or do fostering. And so I just think that's really interesting, especially in our community, that there is this they're they're being judgmental of each other kind of double in a group of people that you're supposed to be their community members. You know, it's it's interesting. And also, you don't know our our journey either. I mean, we yes, we went the surrogacy route the first time. But how do you know we don't we do we do have we're open to fostering. We've talked about and that, and adopting. It doesn't yeah. matter. It, you know, we we're this is not the door is not closed. This yeah. is this isn't that's not the the the, check, yeah. the book is done right. One hundred percent. Not the last chapter. I don't think anyone um, should judge any person's journey on how they decide to grow their family. I think that you should love each other and be excited as long as you're doing it with love. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. Out of yeah. desire to love and to have children and to take care of those children. Yeah, um, it's so true. I mean, yeah. yeah what more could you? bring to the world and like <laughs> well, a, and, a loving place for children to grow up. And I mean, like, I don't, I, maybe this is news to people, but like gay people aren't the only people who use surrogates. Like yeah, there are straight people out there who maybe are one, uh, some type of celebrity or something. And like, maybe they just don't want yeah. to be pregnant because that's going to impede their career and they aren't ready for that. Or there are people who or health can't issues. be, can't get pregnant because of health issues and yeah. it's so funny i actually remember this story that was on uh, like national news like good morning america is like kind of what we always watch it was this woman who couldn't conceive herself couldn't have a child herself and um they did a whole spotlight on like her surrogate and how this surrogate helped her have a child and like how special that was and it's like we're celebrating that you know for a straight couple on national yeah. television but telling 
gay couples who are doing the exact same thing that yeah. like they they shouldn't be able to do that or they don't deserve to do that um i want to go back to other people talking about the narrative you know like giving a narrative to your story and and imposing themselves when they don't know anything about it and yeah. how damaging that can be because i do see these debates and things like the bathroom bill come up and all of the legal issues that are coming up in the u.s right now attacks yeah. against drag attacks against the trans community and just so many laws and issues that are coming up everywhere that's just flooding congress and how damaging that is to the community as a whole because like you said we don't see people debating the idea of being straight or or how straight people have kids or you know what what you do in yeah. straight bars or how straight people dress and what bathroom straight people can go in and yeah. etc like yeah. it's not it's not equal we know that but what that can do psychologically to people when that's what you see in the news all the time is this debate of like is there something fundamentally wrong with you and you know we're 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 big boys right and so we can we can we can take these battles what we're what we're constantly i guess fearful of is that our kids are growing up in this climate right they hear the wrong wrong soundbite on a news thing and they know they're they know that their dads are gay um mm -hmm. it, it, and so they hear the wrong soundbite or someone mentions it or maybe another kid at school says that and they start to they start to feel less than they start to feel like something's wrong with their family that's what we're most afraid of yeah because we can handle ourselves uh we don't want our kids to grow up in that in an atmosphere where they are they're hearing all these negative thoughts about their about their family do you see that impact so i think we learned really early on how to to kind of handle this now you have to remember okay. just a little backstory i i grew up in a very conservative household in the south like you know, I, I was going to go to seminary right out of high school just because I honestly just wanted to not be gay. And I thought if I got closer to God that he would change me. Mm -hmm. um, I went through conversion therapy. I went and had deliverance sessions when I came out where they were casting demons out of me. So there was a lot of self-hate within me. Yeah. I never thought that I would ever get to the point that I would find love, get married, have children. And I was super proud of that, where, that when I finally got out of all of that, um, self-hate and started to love myself and like myself and find the person I wanted to be with for the rest of my life and then be blessed with having a family. I was just very proud. Right. And so yeah. I think that, you know, I, we have been in moments where there's still that piece of me that has that sense of shame because that's just how I was brought up. Right. Mm. Even though I've come so far uh, being proud of who I am and now like, you know, so happy to exist and have this beautiful life that I feel really blessed with early on. I remember going to a grocery store and the clerk was ringing, ringing up our items and we, our kids were really young. We had babies and she was so puzzled by us. We were standing there holding our kids and she was like, so are y'all babysitting for your wives and we were like no we're, first of all that's a, that's an issue ask, <laughs> if anyone's if there any husbands babysitting for their wife that is not what you're supposed to be doing get that's out of called, that relationship yeah, that's not babysitting it's yeah. called parenting. parenting but um so Jeez. she was we were like wow. no you know we're married um you know these are our kids and then she was just like you know well what if, is one yours one i don't and she was so confused and so perplexed and the old Dustin in the beginning kind of like wanted to be like clam up a little bit. And then I realized, you know, my children were babies at the, at that point, they didn't know what was happening, but it's so important that you, when people confront you or ask about your family, you say it with such confidence and yep. such love. And, and like, and this is my husband. These are our kids and we're out getting groceries. Can you please, you know, do paper instead of plastic, you know? So like, you know, just be more, just yeah. more, be more direct. And yeah. so, you know, we have had little windows of that, but it's how you handle it in front of your children because they're sponges. And right, right. we've been an open book from day one about how they came to exist. And so it was really cute because we just got back from California and we're sitting by the pool and I see our kids in the pool and they're playing with this little girl. And she was like, you know, how come you don't have a mom? And they were like, we just have two dads, you know, all families look different. And they said it so yeah. in such a confident way. Yeah. And it was so oh matter God. of fact 
that I was like, well, there we go. It, it's working because I think like the more you just, you know, you're talking with just, a kid, it's black and white. It it is. Is. There, yeah. there really is. Now, if you, the earlier you start, you know, educating them and talking to them about this and doing it without shame or, or confusion, they're, yeah. they're going to be, they're going to be just as direct and matter of fact with their statements to other people. And what to go back to what you asked about, that goes yeah. with everything, yeah. you know, like we have a trans fr friend that, you know, my, if my kids can use her pronouns and without even blinking an eye, we, we could learn a yeah. lot from our kids. I oh mean, I think God. these prejudiced and all these weird things that us, as we get older and become hateful and, and small minded, we can learn so much and they've taught us so much. I just know, think what a powerful message to give to your children to live confidently and with pride and making that transition from this place of shame and guilt growing up thinking that there's something wrong with you right. um, to be able to make that change now and say, no, um, I'm proud of who I am yeah. and I'm living a life with love and I'm providing for my family and to continuously repeat that to people who kind of in your face, look at you in disbelief or express doubt um, yeah. just on your humanity, being able to look back at them and proudly say, this is my husband. These are my kids. And, and your kids be able to learn from that. That's really powerful. I was going to say, I think that's a, just, that's also a testament to one, not only your kids, but you guys as parents, right? Like you instilled that in them, you taught them that they, you know, they didn't create that on their own. They were guided along the way. So like one kudos to you. And then I was also going to say, I, this is just a little like personal anecdote that sort of touches on like if you teach kids, to accept people and love people that they will. Um, when we were first dating, I have a lot of nieces and nephews, lots of them. There's 23, I think, and 24. <laughs> 24 is in the oven right now. Wow. So I've been an uncle yeah. since I was 14. We met when I was like 24. So I have 10 years of, you know, however many kids that is at 24, 25. Most of my family accepting uh, the sector of my family that, wasn't made it a point to send like an email to us and Lupin, my parents CC'd. about how we were supposed to act in front of their kids because they didn't want them exposed to that. They didn't want them to know that gay people exist. And I wanted, and I was trying to explain that like, well, one, they were like, don't be over affectionate, no kissing, no long hugs. And I was like, what do you think we're doing? Like, what we've been, and this wasn't the first time we'd been around their family. It's like, it's just that it was Christmas. And I was like, have we ever been like overly displaying affection in front of you? No. Two, why do you think that you get to control my life as a 24, 25 year old? Because I'm gay. Uh, and three, like your kids are growing up in a world that they're going to see people who are different and like teaching them that they are bad and wrong is not good. And I I didn't say it in those words, but I had some sort of response, right? Like, and the response was, I can't wait until you have kids. And I think you don't understand because you don't have kids. And I think this will be interesting when you have kids to see what your perspective is. And I was like, well, the, my kids are going to be raised by two gay parents. What do you think their perspective is going to be? I don't know. Yeah. It's just the amount of yeah. like, I don't know, self-righteousness in like the whole exchange is just so bonkers. I was just going to say that the teaching your children not to be accepting of other people also teaches them not to be accepting of themselves and anything that may come up that's different or that they exactly. notice that's different about yeah. them from other people. And immediately they're like, my, da my dad or my mom will not like this part of me. So I'm just going to hide it and show it down. And, and it may, it may not be a, a bad part of you. It may, may you know, yeah. it's, it's something that may, may be a, a very special part of your personality. Anything that comes up that's not normal about them, they're going to despise. So kids will run up and hug and love and do everything that they want to do innately until you as a parent say, no, that's bad. Right. Don't do that. That's danger. That's this. And so, but they innately just are so loving yep. and friendly. Like, who are you? And like the run up to anybody and you have to talk about stranger danger and things like that. And unfortunately, what that situation that you were just talking about, she's the one teaching the the hate because, you know, they're, know. if they saw you guys together hugging or whatever on it, I can, I can assure you, at least from my experience now with kids, 
they wouldn't bat an eye. Yeah. But the no. fact that she's now teaching the danger, the no, she's the one installing that. That's the sad part, right? So, right. and then the kids are going to have to deconstruct that later. Yes. Right. Because yeah. like the way that the world is moving, the way that like I think each generation is is growing up and seeing, um, you know, more people be comfortable with who they are. It's like there's no way that that thought process is going to like last, and there's no like there's just it's going to be deconstructed at some point and not, and then they're going to have to like unpack that themselves and hopefully yeah. they have like people to help them do that. Um, yep. But yeah, it's just like, it's just like, come on. That's why really? I feel, I, I feel like we, you know, in the, the, at least the immediate area where we are, where we built our family, where our kids go to school, we are in a, a very open minded community, even to the point where we have, um, this past weekend, I went on a, a daddy daughter trip. Uh, this is a thing called Y guides. And so we went to on a daddy daughter trip together to this cabin mm. uh, and did like a whole weekend type of thing with all of my, my daughter's friends. There was eight of them in that group. Two of two of the eight, two of the eight girls have same sex parents out of that, out of, mm. out of that group. And so okay. in, in the group is so welcome, so warming, uh, you know, uh, to, to, to us in our, in our community. And it was, mm -hmm. and it was not a, you need to hide this as part of it. All the girls know that we, that we have two dads. It's not like they're preventing or, or stopping from asking questions about Dustin. They were, they were the whole time they were there. They were asking mm -hmm. questions like, Hey, so what, what's Dustin doing this weekend? You know, sometimes there you, was you, no, no whispering or shame or no, whatever. Admi yeah. Admitting that out of the conversation when we're all sitting around a dinner table or a campfire. Yeah. And I have I mean? to no. say like, just to like, cause I, we talked about North Carolina and some of the struggles that we were faced, but that's just like talking about Tennessee and with what they're going through. That doesn't mean yeah. Yeah. Tennessee is terrible. It just means there's yeah. some things that need to change, especially when it comes to the people making laws, right? So here, I love North Carolina. We love North Carolina. And we are mm -hmm. very fortunate. Like we wouldn't live here. Like we wouldn't live here if we didn't love it. And uh, we have felt very embraced by our community. We feel really blessed to be in the neighborhood that we're in, in the community that we're in. We're, 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 it's, it's been amazing. Now, I think as a parent there, can you say that about every aspect part of North Carolina? Probably not. Like yeah. if we were in a more rural area, it might be different, but that would be the same. Even when you're in a Everywhere. large, like yeah. California or anywhere, yep. Oregon, uh, Washington, yeah, exactly. all of it. So where I grew up I and mean, we have our family farm, we've talked about building a house out there. And part of it is like, we're fearful right now of, of, putting our kids in that, in that school system a little bit, right? Yeah. There's that fear. Yeah. And even we, we even went, we, we saw this house on Zillow and we were like, oh, wow, this is, this is an amazing house. Let's just go look at it. So we're developing yeah. a farm yeah. for those who don't know. Um, I'm so excited. And, it looks so mm -hmm. cool right now. And we, it looks really awesome. <laughs> and we're building like, you know, a wedding venue and cabins and a market oh and all God. the, all the things, but, but we're not building our house out there yet because we're putting all our energy in developing this. So, when we found this house that was kind of perfect, that was only a, like a few minutes away from our farm. That's why we were looking at this. Go ahead. Yeah. I, yeah, I didn't mean yeah, to no, you, I but... mean, I, he gives a better backstory than I do. <laughs> I just jump okay. right in. And stuff without... <laughs> but they, we were going to meet the re the realtor. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we didn't, I, I was fearful that we were going to be discriminated against because yeah. of, because we were a two dad family. Cause the next day it was, this was like a Saturday when we found it, we were going to go on Sunday and I was like, should we go as a family? Should we like, why? How do we introduce ourselves? Like, uh, do I say like, and I hate that's that interesting. we, it isn't yeah, interesting. Our, our brain still goes aspect, there sometimes, right? especially when we don't feel like we're in our little bubble, like our safe uh -huh. bubble of like downtown Raleigh where it's super open. Right. But we just walked up and said, Hey, I'm Dustin. I'm Burton. These you are, check these, yourself. these are, these are our kids. Yeah. And then okay. he didn't bat an eye and he was great. He actually lives here in downtown Raleigh and like, so that's oh, called amazing. PTSD. It's like yeah, going yeah. back to things that traumatized you, yeah. you know, in your shame, in your like past that you're like, felt like you had to hide who you are. I think just like going back to so many things to consider, so many loops to jump through. How did your viewpoint on LGBTQ parenthood or you two becoming parents in particular change because when you started the country was in a very different place than when you ended I know where you're at now with your with your viewpoint on yourselves and your pride and everything but how did that what was that experience like going through it yeah we didn't have anything to compare it to because we were just not we we'd never been parents before we a lot of this was so brand new um that you just don't focus so much on everything else you're focused in on your family and what you are doing with my, yeah. I'm, what am I doing with my husband and this and these kids? And you're so focused on that, that you're, you're not paying less attention 
to everything else. Mm-hmm. And I think that progress is happening. I mean, you have to realize like it was a year before we couldn't even get married before we were right, going yeah. through this process. So, you know, as much as it, we read these headlines and see these things, um, we have to realize like we're a lot further along, even to have a, like this discussion openly, you know, like we're, yeah. we've come a long way. And I think that being visible is so important. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I think that was really healing for me. Uh, believe it or not, social media, um, I never intended to, for our social media to become a thing, but it was a really healing place for me because yes, we talk about these little sound bites of discrimination, but for the most part, we receive so much love yeah. and we've opened so many other people's yeah. eyes. We get emails that say, you know, you guys changed my perspective on what a gay family looks like, yeah. or we use your YouTube. Uh, or my son used your YouTube to come out to me yeah, said, and said, this know, is a family I want to be like. And when said, instead of saying I'm gay, being like, and just had the parents watch the videos and said, this is, this is what I want. This is what I want. Those are the things that keep us going and, yeah. and, and have hope and faith. And, and I feel like we, we are making those steps and I see yeah. it. Um, I don't get bogged down on the negativity. Now that doesn't mean mm-hmm. I'm putting my head in the sand. I think that is important for us, for us to stay aware of things that are happening and getting involved. But I do think that progress has happened. And I think you'll understand too, even more so when you actually are, you know, in the, in the, in the heat of being a parent, you're focused on that. It's yeah, like, that's it like, yeah. you're, like, focusing on most important and blocking yeah, yeah. the rest. Yeah. Yes. But, but I think you're just made an important point is just what you guys are doing here too, is, is just visibility showing, you know, that there's, there's different journeys. There's uh, every, everyone has a different chapter that they want, that they want to start, whether it's surrogacy yeah. adoption, fostering and, and, you know, and I think when we were like starting to get attention from social media, like I, we had to have a conversation where we were like, what, what, what's happening? What are we doing? And, you know, part of me <laughs> was that. like, I'm rather <laughs> my, the kids in my kids class, like their parents, I'd rather them see us pop up on their social media. They see our family before yeah. they like are confronted with us at the first like PTA. And they are like shocked by us. Like, I'm like, good. They all see us good. Let more people see us. Yeah. Like, you know, we exist, we're here and let them have those internal conversations before they actually are face to face with our family. <laughs> that's great. You yeah, know, yeah, it true. takes awkwardness away. Yeah. <laughs> so. and, and see how normal we are, normal relationship, no- yeah. normal family structure. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And being on social media, being in a visible place and all that, what advice would you give to other people who are thinking about or are pursuing surrogacy, adoption, IVF in... Uh, conservative areas or conservative states. Every personal circumstance is different, right? And and, and, and you may be in a in a wonderful, even in a, an amazing, open minded state, but you may be in a neighborhood that's not. So it's it's all about community is really yeah, important. Yes, like I, I feel like people think that they could do like that's what I always say when we have um, people that are s- single wanting to be single parents, and they'll say, you know, what is your biggest advice to me? And I'm always like, community, community, like people you need people to, it takes a village. They say that it takes a village to raise a child. It does. And so positioning yourself in a space that feels really safe, that you can be raw and you can have a helping hand help you, um, is really important. So I think that's key. So it doesn't matter where you live. Uh, it's about a support system. It's about a support system. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, of course, if, as you're going through that, the lawyer um, comment, I'll keep making that because it's really important. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Well, guys, thank you so much for giving us your time. This will not be the last time. I just really enjoyed catching up with y'all. I loved our Um, double date. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Um, I always feel like talking to you guys just makes me warm inside and it's like <laughs> yeah, my own little personal therapy session um i think you, we have, adore you guys if we could do this yeah. weekly yeah this would be no, that'd be great. <laughs> Absolutely. you guys have such a positive outlook um in a world that's not necessarily like giving you uh their best you continually give us your best yeah i just thank you guys for always doing that and like it obviously shows um in how you carry yourselves and how you parent your kids Oh, well, thank you. Thank guys. you so much. That, that means, really sweet. means a lot. Yeah. Yeah. We, we adore you both. So, yeah. And we're so excited about your journey. So, yeah. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.
Oh, I am full of so much inspiration after that conversation. Yeah. They're just positive lights. They have so much positivity, you can optimism. Like, yeah. And I think um, I try and not make this experience all about how difficult it is. Right. Right. Um, I don't I don't want that to ever be the focus of like, this is a really difficult process. I think it's important to know that it's not easy. Right. Um, because you don't want to pull the, pull the wool over somebody's <laughs> eyes and just say like, Oh my God, it's so easy to have a baby via surrogacy. Right. Um, and then somebody in over their head. But, uh, I, I think everyone that we've talked to, you know, so far is just like, it is so worth it. There's light at the end of the tunnel. And just because you're in a more conservative area, uh, you know, is, you know, check, check your local laws and, and it's possible. I mean, North Carolina is definitely not the most LGBTQ friendly place that, that we've heard of or seen, but you can be a gay couple and you can go through surrogacy and you can have a kid and you can adopt and you can foster. Yeah. I appreciate this like upward trajectory of we are moving in a positive direction. There are more and more people, regardless of what we see on the news, becoming more accepting and loving and open to people who are different than them every day. And to be able to realize that and approach life with that perspective and then teach your children that that's actively making the change. That's what we need to really look at. And I think that's what I like took home from this conversation with them. Make sure to check out Dustin and Burton on YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram. We're going to put all the links where the links go for more of what we're up to, to the day to day. Check us out on Instagram and TikTok and all the things um make sure to leave us a review we so much appreciate it it really helps out the podcast and it helps us out to keep producing this podcast comment any um thoughts experiences or questions you have because that will help us um in the future just kind of figure out if there's anything we haven't touched on and if you know anyone who you think would be a great guest on the podcast send send them our way let let us know oh my god please until next time daddy's Daddy's out. out